Hello and welcome to Commagers. I'm Brian Costello. I'm Jim DeSanto. My name is Inigo Montoya. <laughs> there we go. My favorite character yeah, in the that, movie. Was that a was that a uh, accent or is that because it was more yes. Scarface than? Oh come yes. on! That was kind of come Al Pacino pretending. Just let me have it. Yeah. Let what? me say hello to I my little not, sword. No, there was not. I was. Not, I am not the left hand. I was not <laughs> swallowing my words that way. To be fair, uh, you are probably as God, Spanish as Mandy Patinkin <laughs> is. You probably you, you probably is. Don't say anything against him. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever talked to anybody man. who's worked with him? Because <laughs> people who work with him don't think he's the, the perfect man. I, I can see that. Yeah. yeah. I don't um, argue with that. Yes. Well, that's okay. We don't, yeah. we don't judge people. We just judge performances. Okay. That's fair. That's all we care about. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, today from, we're looking. Uh, what? Yeah. The guy no, from here, Evan Hansen, said that he was amazing to True. hang out with. Yeah. Well, that was just like a. That wasn't really like a working together. Yeah, that wasn't a working thing. Uh, So today, yes, today we're looking at a film, unlike the last Starfighter, (laughs) which we saw a couple weeks ago, that most people watched as a, uh, you know, seven, six, seven year old child and had fond memories of, except Mm -hmm. this film actually still stands up Mm -hmm. and does not feature a giant penis in 45 minutes nope. of the film no. so i mean yep. it's, right off the bat immediate plus over last starfighter yep. which was made at about the same time as so we are talking of course about the princess bride but first as we do at the beginning of every episode let's tell everybody what we're drinking this episode tonight i'm having a dasani blood orange seltzer it does smell oh. delicious yeah it smells That's very- is it good I didn't know they were making seltzer now. They're making seltzer. Everybody's getting in the seltzer game. Get in that seltzer game. game. Tonight called for a special bottle. We had some friends over for dinner. And so we are drinking a One Hope Reserve, the Monterey County 2017 Pinot Noir. Quite delicious. Though Katie had a little too much guacamole tonight. So we're getting a little acidy. So this will be the last glass of red wine for the evening. Can can you ever have too much guacamole? Is there such the, a thing? The limit does exist. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And yeah. you hit that moment. I, I uh, hit it. Mm-hmm. I, I am drinking Lobster Killer mm. by Slumbrew, a, a can. brewery out of Somerville, mm. Somerville Brewing Company. Mm. So I like, I like a, the play. Quite on a the, cool can, on isn't the Boston it? Boston accent. Yeah. Yes. No, that wasn't it, but. No, Lobster. your accent game Lobster. is really bad. on today. So you are so in it's on this. It's off on most days. I don't think there's ever a day that it's on, actually. It's on. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, fact check from last week. We're not talking about the movie. We're not mentioning the movie. Okay. We're not going to say the title of last week's movie. Uh, instead, we're going to talk about our wonderful pop giveaway Yay! that we're doing with this episode. Katie, uh, if you follow us on social media, had made a wonderful video. Uh, for this week's episode, we are giving away Funko Pops from Princess Bride. And so they look so you, cute. They look amazing. So all you need to do is subscribe or review or mm-hmm. share this episode mm-hmm. and you will get an entry in our pop contest and we yep. will pick the winners next week. And yep. if you're somebody who's already reviewed the podcast and follow, you can just take a screenshot of that and yep. you will it's as counts. well be in the competition yeah. so and um, as of right now you you'd be the only one i think yeah no uh, no we have we have a, several people who oh, have already entered already entered the competition contrary, you could get um, sorry go ahead no go ahead you go contrary ahead. to uh, other legitimate raffles and lotteries um friends and family of the people who are employed by com majors are welcome to oh absolutely because i, I yeah. have not um, rated or reviewed us yet i think you can Okay. I well, I don't know if one of the three of us, but you need to have amazing Funko Pops like we have on set. You could get amazing ones like my super cool Laura Palmer. That one is really cool, which is probably one of the best. It's a really good pop. Uh, Or, of course, (laughs) the dude, the dude, dude. dude Uh, but they're the I I love pops and the Princess Bride ones are particularly impressive. They're really fun. So we will pick three winners. Scars. Uh, we will pick three winners, and then I think we'll you'll probably, um, depending on availability, allow you to pick which of the three. Oh, that's a great call. 
you would like. Yeah. You know, yep. so you, we'll give you the choice and you could do that. Uh, also coming up, uh, besides our pop giveaway, uh, in two weeks is our Halloween episode. We'll be unveiling that soon for you. Mm-hmm. And then November, we're very excited about. We're doing the films of 1999. It was a really good so, year. A, a great really, year. It was a very good yep. year. We'll give a well. Maybe we should dedicate at least the beginning of that first episode to do like a rundown on on some of the films. Yes, I love that. Plan. We will. We will I definitely also do think that. that. We should uh, take a take a deep dive into what was happening for us in 1999. Uh, was, was I'm not sure I can around. remember no, parts of it. We've talked about oh, this before. I, I oh, I think 99 might be my favorite year. 99, 2000. Mm-hmm. All right. Think, well, think about it, Jim. We have a few Jim. weeks to think about it. Yeah, yeah. think about okay. that. Yep. Think about it. Um, and that is fact check. And now it is time for the rundown. Ooh. I have. To, I felt a lot of pressure for this one, I have to tell you. Yeah. Because, you know, I really enjoy this movie. And just felt like there was so much that I wanted to say, and I couldn't fit it all. So we'll just take it as it is. Come, my love, I'll tell you a tale. A fairy tale, that is. So says Columbo's Peter Falk to his grandson, Kevin of Wonder Years. This begins the most perfect of all fantasy movies, where true love wins, villains get theirs, and every human crushes on Wesley. The heroes are a band of misfits who love each other, a giant, a sword fighter seeking revenge, and their new friend who becomes the third brother. Yes, there is a damsel in distress who needs saving by her swashbuckling sweetheart, but she is a feisty one who is not afraid to do her part. Buttercup is a woman who'd rather face death than life with a man she does not love. A woman who tells it like it is, who speaks truth to power, who doesn't fear when push comes to shoving a pirate down a mountain into the pit of despair. Her bravery, loyalty, and honesty are rewarded by a love that will always be there. Rob Reiner delivers 30 years later a classic film we will never stop quoting. One we can show the kids, one that will always make us laugh, one that is still worth owning. This film, like many, ends with one heck of a kiss and delivers us the immortalized lines used by many teenage loves, as you wish. That's Excellent. It. Well, okay. Good good job, guys. Well, yeah, uh, and we're done. I, I think it. we'll call it a day. Yeah. I Bye, do everybody. think your I do think um Buttercup does more in your recap uh rundown <laughs> than she does in the film. Uh, yeah. to you know, be it's fair, funny. I, I, I don't know. I felt on the rewatch like, oh, I forgot some of the stuff that she says. She has some there's good some, there, she has some good lines. There is, but no, not she's, much she's action. No, no there's not. No. no, but that's okay. I mean, it, it, in terms of Fairy tale princesses, by and large, in terms of the amount that they usually get to do mm-hmm. in the story, yeah. she, she is a more central character mm-hmm. than most. Yes, in, in that respect, and she does a great job. Yeah. She's very good at it. The acting in this movie is very good, actually. Yeah, and well, and so yeah. So I mean, it is. It's fairy tale. It's 1987. Um, I do like. I like the flip though on that. You know, she's not signing up to marry the prince, right? Mm-hmm. But she's like, no, no. Yes. Money and power don't rule the world. I will take my pirate life. Yeah. Or death. I, or death instead. I didn't quite get, and this is almost not relevant because it's a fairy tale. What her deal was. Mm. She was not from a rich family. Why no, was, was he? Why was he the farm boy? Like, do you know I mean like mm. I didn't get that whole thing? Not that it really matters at all. I guess in most fairy tales, you never really know a lot of that background. Like, we need well, to talk I, about like the serfs and the. Fiefdom. I was gonna say like I think that there's like <laughs> levels of you know even when we look back in like American culture like 19. 19- 40s 50s 60s you had folks that were considered more like middle class working class families who still had somebody that worked for them full time so i don't know that's kind of how i saw it like they weren't rich but they were they well I, that was the only thing i just boy. yeah well that's what i mean i just didn't get what her thing was since you never really see her family yeah and then she was chosen by the king yeah i yeah, as a history I teacher i had some not, medieval historical issues with this <laughs> yes yeah, I thought like her family owned land, right? Like owned yeah. a farm, still very like bottom of the social ladder. But Wesley was even lower on the social ladder. Yes, well, yes, <laughs> to the point where she didn't know his name. Yeah, the farm boy, Florence. Um, farm boy. We one of our listeners wanted wanted to chime in on the damsel in distress. So Meg Kinson said her, her seventh graders were very frustrated by Buttercup's damsel in distress role. Yeah. 
That's fair. It's fair. It's fair. It's you fair. know, you probably should have me pick films. The film I picked last week, so many <laughs> women are in the film. Way more women are in the film. There were Lots so many more women. So, so yeah. many more women. We would definitely need Buttercup <laughs> had a frustrating <laughs> amount of clothing Meg on Kinson, in this movie. There's so many clothes. And, and Tess Malone to give yeah. their thoughts Did you notice, on like, even her cleavage movie, was covered? The there movie was, we did last There was, like, an undershirt under yeah. all of her dresses yeah, 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 so that there was yeah. even yes. less chest showing. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, this is a seven year movie made for seven year olds. I was actually uh, I was actually surprised that it was still a pretty acceptable movie, even by our modern standards of what you would let six or seven year olds. Because, I mean, if we talked about like Last Starfighter, some of these other Goonies, even that we used to watch at six or seven, that would probably not be socially yeah. acceptable for six or seven. And this one, by and large, holds up as a <laughs> film you could easily no, show. I children. agree. I mean, we've had some of, we've had a lot of those awkward moments with um, movies of our childhood. And this one feels still strong, still strong showing the kids. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right. uh, what did you think about? Uh, I found it some of the choices they make interesting. So they clearly were okay with this being a set based movie. Yes. And sometimes I think that doesn't work, but I think since it was such an overt fairy tale, it actually played yeah. well in that respect. Like going to more natural locations, I think would have made it feel too realistic where it was really almost playing as a play at points, which I found to be really interesting how they staged it and shot some of the stuff. Yeah. The, the boat that they travel on is ridiculous. Like the size of it is so weird for the, well, even the dock, it, like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. they're like they're like it's it looks like something at Disney World. Like if you went on a boat, yes. you know, that would go around the little yeah, pond. Yeah, yeah, right. It's like there's no way a real ship could get into the the deck that they're in. Yeah. And it's like three guys are able to sail this entire ship. Yeah. 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 I I, I think I was dialing into that on the uh, Andre the Giant scaling the cliffs of insanity yeah. moment yeah. where I was just like. It's so clear that you're not even supposed to try to apply like a realistic lens to any of it. Like it's you're just supposed to like dive into the fairy tale, right? Like it's just, yep, that's exactly what would have happened. Yeah, it's, like, it's, <laughs> it, it plays really well to the fact that it's a book being read, right? Yeah. Because yes. it seems like almost every page is like every scene is almost like an illustration that would be on the mm. other page of what's being read. I would have to imagine from a production design perspective, that's what they were going for, because just because in terms of the the stage background, like the clouds, the yeah. sky and some of the stuff, it really does look like painted sets mm -hmm. that you would see from a production yeah. that a kid might envision. And I thought they did a good job with that, which is so much of how it looks is maybe how a six or seven year old or eight year old kid, however old Fred Savage is supposed to be would envision these types of places. And they're yeah. able to shoot it in that way, yeah. uh, which, which I loved. Yeah. Yep. No, I think, so, I think that works. So you guys watched it with your kids. We right? did. Okay. So I think this is interesting in terms of having a younger perspective that you guys watched it with versus what we were seeing. So what is something to them, to kids? And I don't know if Megan is still on listening as she was telling her students mm -hmm. that jumps out to them and something that they attach themselves to and love about it I mean, for a film that was over 30, you know, over 30 mm -hmm. years ago that they're still driven to. Is there a character oh, or yeah. something in particular? Anigo Montoya. Oh, I was going to say Vicini. Oh, oh, really? Because I, I think the girls really like that. The hello. Yeah. My lo name is love him. Yeah. But they Actually, also laughed at they love the rhyming. They love. <laughs> well, that's not Vicini. That's I'm so sorry. That's I meant, Thank you. Fezzik is what I meant to yeah. say. Yes. Me and character names. So let's just let's play the Inigo Montoya. My name is from the end of the movie. So Inigo Montoya is uh, basically a master swordsman who's been hired by this sicilian vicini to help him start a war which this part of the movie plays really interesting and as far as like 
the the plot of like what's going on um doesn't really hold together <laughs> very much at the end of the movie but it, by that time you don't really care yeah um, the, the starting of the war with the other country yeah, that you yeah. never well, see and then the, the, the and prince then the, talks about the, it too yeah yeah well no the prince had actually hired him yep, and the yeah, guy yep. didn't know i don't think there's any way a kid would even i don't even remember nope, i think that's just goes thinking about right that. over their heads yeah so Absolutely. 20 years prior to the to the events in the movie uh and Eagle montoya's father is killed by a six-fingered man who did basically forced him to make a sword and didn't want to pay him the appropriate amount. The sword is beautiful and Ego has it. Um, and, and Ego has been looking for the six fingered man for, uh, 20 years. He has a whole saying you'll hear it in this clip. And this is where he finally meets the six fingered man at the, towards the end of the movie and, uh, their little battle scene. You kill my father. Prepare to die. Stop saying that! So that is the most language you'll get in the movie. Yep. Um, and I think the girls just love the. I mean, we played it up obviously because we're excited about that part too. But yeah, yeah, they look for the six finger man too. Yeah. Um, Meg oh, Hinson the said man. the uh, the seventh graders also big fans of Inigo. Yeah. Oh, how can you not be? Yeah, he's the one I he's really great. remember. I oh, re- I think great. I remember the most, and I haven't seen this in a long time. I remember the most about his character and his lines and his his stories and t- besides the just very quotable lines that are in the movie in general. Uh, I had forgotten a lot of the stuff about Wesley, the, him, his body not working. And Carrie Elway did some really great physical acting in mm-hmm. this. In fact, a lot of stuff you don't see. Certainly in the last decade, I think, or so in comedy, very few people are using physical comedy anymore you know it used to be a bigger thing even in like the early 2000s you would get adam sandler would use it some more you know those guys jim carrey especially and we've kind of moved away from that type there's a lot of really good physical comedy in this movie yeah Yeah. in terms of how they stage things um the idea of this movie um, it comes from William Goldman's own book that he wrote, which was a fairy tale that he wrote, and he adapts it. Um, we've hit on this a little bit. There are, I think, standard fairy tale tropes in this, but they deviate, I think, in the sense that there's a lot of fairly witty dialogue in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's which what keeps it fresh. Is I, interesting. I think going back to the Spinal Tap conversation we had, which is why does this remain funny years later? And it all to me, it always comes back to again, there there is it's not surprise humor. It's not shock value humor. It's literally humor rooted in like how like a turn of a phrase or how interesting characters will react to each other um like i the one in you know with anigo montoya you know the one that always makes me laugh the first the first time he says to vicini who is basically said the word inconceivable about 80 times in the in the front half of this movie and he says you keep using that word i do not think it means what you think it means like that um that happens so many times throughout this movie where the characters are just saying they're noticing strange things about each other and kind of uh, making light of them in, in, in funny ways. And it, it, to me, it's funny almost every time you watch it. 
Well, and I think that that connects to, you know, the characters themselves being so entertaining. You know, like there are familiar tropes, but to me, each of these characters is so unique, you know, even within that role of whatever, the pirate, the giant, the princess, um, the small tyrant, uh, they're all new. Like you know, I don't. I don't think you can really compare them to other characters that you've seen. These characters, I think, are are like one of a kind. You know, there's there's nobody else like them. Yeah. What about um, kind of? I love Mark Knopfler's score in this, which is the music is is pretty subtle. I'd say I don't think it's overbearing. But I think it does a nice job of giving it a surreal feel. Do you know what I mean? It's just got that. I, Jim would have to maybe comment on it because I don't know what he was using to do it. But it's just an I feel like it's an interesting sound to this movie. Like sometimes fairy tale movies can be overly goofy with like sound effects or, you know, th- this wasn't a musical, so they didn't break into song. But I thought the score was subtle enough to carry a lot of these scenes. Yeah, I, I don't think it's very complex at all. I think there's just a few themes that he's he's kind of playing. What is he playing? Is that is that some kind of guitar that he's using in there? Yeah, I'm sure it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was, it was I just I always remembered it, too. It was like one of those things I picked like you. You might not think of the songs, but the second you hear like some of the yeah. themes he plays in it, you're immediately drawn back in to that movie yeah. in a pretty significant way. So last night after we watched the movie, the girls wanted to read the book. Um, oh, do you have it? We do. Oh, wow. Um, you know, this is a significant movie for Jim and I. I don't know if you know how how much. So, Well, wh- why don't you tell us how much? Well, so this movie is the movie we watched on our first date. And mm. oh. both of us like loved this movie before we knew each other. So... Um, it just kind of like sealed the deal that it was perfect, a shared love. Um, and it was as you wish is what I inscribed on the inside of his wedding band when we were, you see, look at all this. I did not even know that. Yep. So we have a very special copy of the book, um, that is inscribed. Um, and so the kids were really excited to read it. I, there's like 40 pages of like notes before the actual yeah. story begins. Because um, the book itself's not overly long, correct? I don't know. It's a pretty chunky art. Like what we have is pretty chunky, but okay. I, again, the like the beginning is certainly it's like 50 pages in. Um, but reading the first two pages, I couldn't keep their attention. Like yeah. it's very different. Like the the reading of the book is very different than the way that it plays on screen. Yeah, yeah. So I would love to hear from any of our listeners that have read the book because I realized like I, I, I never have, yeah. have. Um yeah, it at least the beginning of it, it's not not the same. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's interesting same. because Aileen and I's first date was to a movie as well, as we know, the notebook. Oh, as we recall, one of our favorite movies ever on this show <laughs> of all time. Yeah. If if anybody else, by the way, any listener, if you're listening now or in general, has ever gone on a is is married to their significant other now and when their first date was to a movie, let us know what it is. Well, and perhaps we, we could do great first date movies. I love that. Let us know what your first date movie is and we will do it on this show. That sounds like a post that we have to make after this episode. Um, Meg just said that her husband also gave her the book when they were teenagers. So I don't know if it was their first date movie, but clearly a Kinson favorite as well. Another favorite of Mm -hmm. uh, everybody. Why are people still so drawn to this movie? You think, Mm -hmm. do you know, I think it's more, than nostalgia because you know we talked about this a little bit with like last starfighter and some of the other movies i think we've watched that came out from our childhood and sometimes it's i watched it when i was a kid and i thought it was better than it was maybe or there was something about the film like i could see like we talked with last starfighter you're a seven-year-old boy maybe that movie connects with you when you're mm-hmm. in your 30s or 40s you go back and like what the hell was i thinking right this is very different though so what is it about it that allows it to be a film that 
is inspiring enough for a seven, eight, nine-year-old to watch it, but it still pays off in new or different ways 30 years later when you're mm-hmm. clearly a very different person. I think it's that there there is... So I think the framing of it in terms of length, in terms of tone, all of those things feel kind of perfect um, in that like it 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 has like a light a light feel to it. It's under two hours. It's very easily digestible. You know, there are parts of the storyline that may be a little bit over kids' heads, but it doesn't hurt their understanding of the film, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, like, as, as you get older, then you see more. You appreciate more, you know? Like, you, you hear uh, more of the, the subtle, you know, the subtle funny pieces that maybe you didn't get as a kid to me like this movie just it gives it gives everybody what they want right like it has all of the things that you want in a film it has the humor it has the action it has characters that you love it does there's I mean, some the sword, action the sword fight's very satisfying that's a satisfying sword but there's two no, I, there's two I great mean... sword fight scenes there's a great, uh, you know, I feel like the 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 RUS scene, the um, the pit of no, not the pit of despair, was the, the, the fire forest, swamp. the fire swamp, um, which it's know, not a swamp, suspenseful yeah. sort of, you know, it's more like a forest. Yeah, I know where yeah. was the swamp? No, 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 it's got creatures. I would not say that it has action. Okay, and and that, so- sword, that sword fight is not satisfactory after the age of like ten. Oh, but, uh, so but, I but, guess it's that it's, but like, as a kid, it is though. Yeah, you think, yeah. I think as a kid, as a kid, kid it's rewarding. But still, like watch it. Like we, I, I mean, how many times have we watched it? I feel like we still watch that scene and enjoy it. So maybe for it's different not, ways, though. Yeah, for maybe the dialogue it's not for the and, action. I mean, it's it's silly because we know there are like multiple times either one have could have killed the other one, sure. and they're just kind of like like letting them do something silly. Like yeah, yeah. But isn't that what plays well about the movie? Yeah, yeah. Is to be able to pull and 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 not saying that you were saying that's a negative, but I think it's interesting when you can have these multi-layered films, uh, and and really good children's films. I think do it better than anybody, which is you, you know it's appealing to a child, but as an adult, you can get as much out of it. And that's like the brilliance of Jim Henson and the Muppets. Like if you go back and watch the really good Muppets stuff when Jim Henson was doing it, you, you watch those movies now and you're like, oh my God, I didn't get any of that. Yeah. But you still loved it as a kid. And then you could go back and the parts that you loved as a kid, you probably will still love. Like I think Jim, you're right. The sword fight, once you're past the age of 10, like the action of the sword fight is irrelevant. It's the emotions and everything else that you have attached right. to that sword fight that lets you get through it. And that's why when I was watching this, you know what movie I kept thinking about? I kept thinking about the Star Wars prequels <laughs> and how, but like seriously, how bad they were because they didn't hit what the Princess Bride and the original Star Wars did. They became so concerned with the minutia of it's a trade war and had those stereotypical Japanese Asian aliens that he was going. But in essence, a lot of what the plot devices of this film were with we're going to have political intrigue and all that stuff. He Lucas went so much into that in the prequels, but nobody really cares. You could have just watched The Princess Bride and realized we're going to kind of put here as a device, but nobody's going to really care. So you don't have to invest all that time. And with like the lightsaber battles, the lightsaber battles in the original trilogy are by and large trash. Yeah, they're not very good at all. But you cared about the characters involved in the fight so that you can revisit Empire, you revisit Star Wars, you revisit Return way more than you want to revisit any of the action in the prequels, which are inevitably have much better sword fighting or lightsaber fighting. I don't want Keenan to get mad at me because I called it a sword instead of a lightsaber. But I think that's what Lucas got wrong and what Rob Reiner got right in this. You know, you make the action per se, something that a kid would do, because again, it's a kid hearing the interpretation of the story, right? But you can revisit it and you're willing to say, that's not a great sword fight. 
it's not like a John Wick esque gun battle or anything like that, but it's enough because they've sold us on this sword fight at the end, how much it means to this character to fight this guy, and you love this character. Yeah, and and I also buy into those two characters not taking the opportunity to kill right, each right, other. Right, right, right. Like like that. So to me, that, arrogance, satisfi- yes. that satisfies, I don't watch that and say like, this isn't believable. I mean, there's a gymnastics bar in between two stone pillars. Right, like, right. You, you, yes. like you're not, right, you're not supposed to look at it and be like, well, this isn't a believable sword fight. However, to me, it does follow who with who those characters are, that they would want to have a, you know, a satisfying fight with a like a man of skill um, and not just like kill the guy quick (laughs) you know that they would engage in like enjoying the actual like sword play yeah and i and i also think the the humor and the jokes of this movie also scale with age and i think there are so many things to find funny prior to being 10 years old there's so many things to learn between 10 and 20 that sort of make you feel like a smarter kid for getting the joke Mm -hmm. with the wordplay and and maybe stuff that is slightly more adult um yeah yeah. and and so like i i I find that fascinating too um and i would love to know more about like you know if how that stuff and that yeah like that's so that's what i'm wondering you know if we push through with reading the book like you know, do those lines come from the original story or were those added for the screenplay? Because I think there's there's magic there. I mean, this has to be one of the most quotable movies ever. You know, like when you start quoting things that people remember from The Princess Bride, like I, I think you can go pretty deep. <laughs> well, I think it has. To, I think it might be one of the earliest quotable movies. By earliest, I mean... As a child, you'd start quoting movies. Yeah. I feel like when you start to get into high school and college, you start quoting movies, maybe if you're a movie lover. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're a little kid, I don't know how frequently you do that. I think this is probably one of those first films where as a kid, you would be able to do that. Yeah. And we are on a hot streak, by the way, of preset weddings on this podcast. We had Rowan Atkinson in Four Weddings and a Funeral, whose performance as a priest was amazing. And then we get this priest in this this movie, which uh, is a, an all-timer uh, in terms of doing it. Now, I'm very interested, Katie, in your thoughts on Andre the Giant because he was one of the characters. I mean, obviously, I loved professional wrestling when I was little. So the fact that Andre the Giant was in it was great. Yeah. Um, But I actually thought he was a little better than I expected Mm -hmm. had he not watched it alone. He actually carried the role very well. Agreed. You know, so Jim turned to me last night when we were watching it. He was like, you know, there's like there's like a magic to the fact that he's in this movie because now. So now thinking about it 30 years later, like he's somebody that, you know, was really famous during our childhood, but that like our kids wouldn't really know about him. Right. But the fact that he's in this movie, you know, like that he he was famous for being a wrestler and for being Fezzik, <laughs> you know, yes. and like, it's so cool that he, he is, he's like immortalized in this film. Um, one of our listeners was asking if we've read the uh, inconceivable tale, you know, like kind of like the, the little known facts about the filming of Princess Bride. I haven't read the book, but I think some of those, the, the stories have kind of gotten out and. I love the stories about, you know, filming with Andre the Giant, you know, just like what the what the daily what life was like, you know, interacting with Andre the Giant on this set. And I think maybe that that even adds to kind of the magic of the movie is that you I think that a lot of people do know some of the stories of, you know, the behind the scenes stuff. And it just adds to the wonder, you know, the excitement about the film. Well, and he was. A legitimate giant yeah. from our Medi- <laughs> medically, view, which medically, I, yes. yes, yes, as opposed to again, I think this is one of those films. 
um, that really benefited from the lack of CGI. Mm-hmm. Do you know there yep. there's so many films maybe that would have benefited from CGI? Last Starfighter. Um, <laughs> but this one, I think, is a great example of the fact that they had to do things practically that you get just a more timeless film by not overly relying. Like, I feel like the castle, which is not a very big castle. The the King's mm-hmm. castle is minuscule on this. I feel like with CGI, they would have done like a Game of Thrones-esque mm-hmm. kingdom. You know, this right. guy would have had this massive kingdom or they wouldn't have gone with an Andre the Giant. They would have just cast somebody and they'd be like Mark Ruffalo and the Hulk. We're going to put motion capture on you and we're going to turn you into the CGI. And by the way, the Hulk looks amazing. Like the CGI is but there's just something about it being this guy, Andre the Giant, yeah. who's playing this role and that makes it feel more real. Yeah. Like it really is a fairy tale. Like I mean, like he really is that much bigger than everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, he is a he was a massive, massive, massive guy. Now, for because I know we have so many people who love, love, love this movie. I would highly recommend. I got the Criterion Collection, Princess Bride, which you guys should get a hold of for yourselves. I don't know. You, you might not have a Blu-ray or a player, but it's Criterion Channel does. The Criterion Collection is the best. They only select amazing special movies, but there's so many cool things in it, including the beautiful artwork. Mm on display if you're watching live that comes from it so if you're a princess bride fan it's available on amazon uh we get no money for this for saying that <laughs> though jeff bezos probably you know drops more money on the ground uh, than i make in a year if he wants to send us some money that's absolutely fine but i would highly recommend that criterion it's so much extra stuff there is directors commentaries interviews everything so yep. if you're a i like princess bride i know you guys love princess bride mm-hmm. so if you love princess bride person the criteria yeah, we, we collection should, we is the upgrade. one to get jim was a little frustrated that we were watching like picture within a picture we have, yeah, <laughs> what? We, we, have we had a regular what DVD. happened well because we have like you know oh, our copy of guys. the katie refuses to like guys come on except the 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 fact of new technology. She's I, not. I don't know if I refuse to. Even you have to it. upgrade. No, I'm she does cheap. not want to upgrade to a 4K cheap. TV. You, you got to get a, you got to get yourself a 4K TV. They don't even cost but much do anymore. We, you do. You do. I, I think do. write it off on your taxes. Uh, it's for the, it's, it's for the podcast. I think it's when Jim tells me we need a bigger TV that I like, there's well, something that feels when you go wrong. To f- Wrong, wrong. It's not wrong, for wrong, you. Wrong. It's not f- wrong. It's for everybody. Wrong, yeah. wrong, you, wrong. The way you don't understand the way that resolution works, but You're when you wrong. upgrade to 4K, you do need a, a wrong. TV. Have you ever watched a film in 4K? No. No. Certainly. Not. Okay. It will blow There's, your mind. She won't even fucking notice it. That's also well, probably true. Jim will notice it. Yeah, of and course he will I'll lo- it. And he and he will love it. Um but I I, a, I'm I, not allowed to love things, Brian. Oh, uh, please. Oh, oh, please. Oh, let's oh, delve into this my. aspect of the relationship. Just just oh, when it comes to the my. TV. <laughs> um, Goodness. Th- this film is one of those examples that I've been thinking about a lot recently, which we're seeing this resurgence in the film. This film in particular now is 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 just as popular as it was before because it's adults showing their children this movie that impacted their lives so significantly. And I think it's really interesting um, that films like this have a life now. And maybe it's because of we we make fun of the size of TVs and if you have a DVD, but DVDs, Blu-ray, streaming, these things are so readily available that parents do share so much of their childhood with their kids now. And I always wonder, uh, I think that's a good thing. I'm a big advocate of doing that. Um, But what does that mean? Do we limit? I often wonder, like, I watched this because this came out when we were young and I loved it. And then Claire's going to watch it tomorrow and Jack will watch it. And I'm sure they will love it. Um, But I wonder, is that 
do they love it because I love it so much? Is it my excitement of showing them mm. that they love it? Or I, I often wonder about that because I don't like to, I'm not a big person on imposing like the things I like on my kids. I know some people do, like they have to indoctrinate their kids. You will like this sports team. You will like this. Um, but I just happen to think this is a film and its own merits is enjoyable. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like we've tried to sh- show the kids a few things that like, yeah, weren't such successes. Uh, they they love this movie. I never feel like we're pushing this movie on no. them. Like they they got so excited yesterday when we said it's Princess Bride night. Like they they couldn't wait to watch it. So yeah. I'm sure as a parent, like your attitude towards something definitely impacts the way the kids feel about it. Well, but- you know, we, we we might listen to the Mission Impossible theme in my car <laughs> as we drive around town and. That yeah, may, I, would, I would say that, that may that, up, though, that may kids. or may not happen with the yeah. Costellos. That may or may not happen. I would say with <laughs> like movies and music and TV and and pop culture things, that's probably the amount of damage you can do to your children by helping by like trying to foster them into certain lanes is is uh, minuscule compared to other. Well, I. Thoughts and- oh, I don't know about you guys. I remember for me, like the equivalent of this type of thing was uh, I loved the Three Stooges because it was one of the things my dad watched. Mm-hmm. And that, that was not clearly something of when we were right. of young. I mean, that was well surpassed, you know, that. But I like that. And we watched that on reruns. And that was not something that maybe was in the lexicon of normal American pop culture at that time. And I. I think I, I love I love it because you got in this movie kind of the Three Stooges uh, Scooby Doo esque moment where they're they're chasing through the hallways and people are going through doors, mm-hmm. which is I mean such a ridiculous gag, but it always brings me such great I, joy. Yeah, me, I, whether it be from because of the Three Stooges or Scooby Doo, whenever like movies can do that, and I'm into it. I know it's stupid. I know it's a gag, but, again, but it's I just think, fun. I think I, but I think that that goes along with you know what what this movie is trying to be. You know, like I, I don't think I don't think it ever pretends to be something that it's not. You know, I think I think it's supposed to feel fun and frivolous and, you know, a suspension of reality and all of the great things about fairy tales. I've always wondered, I think Carrie Elway is so good in this movie and his career has been fine. You know, he, he he's been in a lot of stuff after it, but I've always wondered if you're an actor. You know, and and he's somebody who has consistently worked in Hollywood. So he's not somebody who's like a flash in the pan type thing. Would you rather have like one role that is this iconic or, you know, like 10 movies that people really like? You know, I I wonder what when a push comes to shove at the end. And I know most actors would say, oh, it doesn't matter. You know, you just play the role. But would you rather have something that means this much to so many people so long after you do it or just go make a string um, of 10? I think about the Star Wars dynasty with that, with like the the folks who have just like held on to their like character. And I mean, they they got a few they got a few movies out of those characters, but still to me that notion of like that you will always and forever only be Chewbacca or like you know like well that's that, all you yeah. got um yeah i would rather i would rather the 10 movies i mean but to be fair chewbacca we don't know who that is yeah totally right and so like but like he hung his hat on so, like well i'm like mark hamill just roll it out there like Ma- mark yeah. hamill yeah, yeah. I mean, other than, you know, of course, being the voice of the Joker and the mask of the Phantasm, Keenan Laird's favorite movie. Yeah. I mean, most people would first think of him as Luke Skywalker. I, I mean, and even like Carrie Fisher. I mean, she, she was also a few things, in, uh, she's always Leia. Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. OK, well, I, that was not on the top of my list of films. I remember, <laughs> Jim. I'm sorry. <laughs> But uh, I, I don't know. I thought that I thought the acting was great in this. Rob Reiner does a, a nice job, I think directing this yeah uh, i loved christopher guest as the six finger man yeah uh, uh you know there were he's I, the only which, one playing this completely straight in this movie which he is does, brilliant yeah, that, yeah which is which yeah. like that i would have loved to hear some of the conversations there because there is a delicate balance here yeah. like andre the giant is clearly not a professional actor 
but he's able to get through scenes very well when we've seen professional athletes be in other films and it's yeah. just like cringe worthy. By the way, speaking of professional athletes, wrestlers and cringe worthy movies, go see the the trailer for the new John Cena movie. I was just going to say it. Holy God. Aileen he... and I went and saw Downton Abbey and that was oh my a trailer. God. Oh, my oh my God. God. I, I, mean, I was uh, like, what is where's the movie? I don't it's know the firefighters. He's like, he's like a firefighter. in the forest. Oh. So we we use this platform go noodle he's been at school. Funny in some things. He has. This is not oh him. God. He's yeah. it's this so is bad. this is this is like it's too much. Uh, it's like he's really like a, he's bad. like the the, the main, main guy. Character. Well, now I yes. mean when and and then you have other guys like like obviously the Rock and you have yes. Dave. Yeah, the Rock is legit. obviously who he is. And then you have like these the weirder ones like Dave Bautista, who is absolutely insanely good in Guardians of the Galaxy. But then he has like some serious role in uh, like Blade Runner 2049. Yes, he has, but like, that's this- what I mean. I think I think he has been very good um, yeah. at picking roles and not over running himself in films. You know, I think of the yeah. difference between like Andre the Giant. Like I'm wondering if John Cena falls and this is like talk about a tangent with nothing to do with the movie more into the Hulk Hogan role yeah. where he, when he started to be in films full time it was a disaster. I what think the rocks uh, Mr. Nanny or whatever no, there was, was another, another, uh, there, you know, was there was so many bad ones so many um but Andre the Giant knew and Rob Reiner put him just in just enough and balanced everybody in just enough. I think every character left you wanting more but didn't feel like I felt with each character I could have seen them more but I wasn't disappointed about how much I saw them yeah and that's pretty damn impressive in a movie to feel that way for all the supporting characters like I could have spent five more minutes with this character or five more minutes with this character well yeah and the minor characters in this film so I mean in terms of the the cast list it's pretty small right like and and you're right like they're very well balanced um, and then your minor roles, you know, like Billy Crystal is, yeah. is Carol Kane is the wife. Yep, yep. Carol Kane's um, the wife. Mel Smith. We looked him up last night. And now I can't He's remember. Nobody. He's nobody. But I like I remember him for like because of him being the albino. Like I always remember <laughs> this guy. Like I love those little characters. I think that they're great. Yeah, you um, don't get sick of and there's not one character you get sick of in the, in this movie, which no, happens which for me impressive. a lot in comedies. Yeah. I think well, it is because I yeah. think they for they try to force to like comedy, I think, is hard because they try to force laughs. Yeah, because they feel like there needs to be this laugh out loud moment or punchline a lot. Yeah. The really good comedies, which this one is, are very subtle. Like yeah. the humor's there if you pick it up. And if you don't. Yeah, you don't. And even uh Peter Falk to me as the grandfather, you know, the the Jewish grandfather. I I love him. I love him. I love the just the way that his character is, is kind of like rounded out um in his his little like his little bits and pieces of this relationship with his grandson. Um I yeah, I, I And Fred it. Savage is awesome. Yes. It just made me remember how much I love the Wonder Years and how good the Wonder and yeah. what a great actor he was at such a young age. When he yells at him, the first time he yells at his grandfather, I thought it was hilarious where he's like, you're, I'm telling you, you're ruining the book. <laughs> so, 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 so good. Yeah. Um, easy one. I, I, find, I would find it hard to believe if you're somebody who listens to our podcast, you have not seen this film. Yeah. But... If, if for some way you have not seen this film, uh, of course you have to go see it. Yeah. Everybody agree with that? And and I want to know if there's anybody that doesn't like this We do. Film. Jess Moran Buckridge does not like this movie. Oh, oh, I saw that yeah. comment and I, but it was ironic, huh? It was a. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, sar- I, Bucky was being sarcastic. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot. He, he found, and he still married her. <laughs> I got Shocking. Well, to be to be Shocking. fair, I showed Aileen. Chances are, and she married me. So the threshold can be worse than not <laughs> liking. There is a question. Maybe this could be a poll question. What is worse, liking chances are or not liking Princess Bride? What mm. makes you a more 
That's uh, very social, interesting. What makes you a more socially unstable person? <laughs> There's a, if you a dislike final, it or like, I think you're both pretty Final stable, question so. about <laughs> the movie from one of our listeners. Um, th- this little bit of unbelievable unbelievability is that you know the grandfather reads this entire story to, <laughs> yes, to Fred Savage is... in one day but or to one be afternoon. Fair, it, you could read the script in one after in one after the script. Yeah. You could, but yeah. like looking at the book, right? So yeah, like yeah, if yeah. we it, we have the it, book, like oh, you could not. It took me it took me four months to read the first Harry Potter book to Claire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Not doing it. Is it? Well, Keenan, Keenan's, yeah. uh, Keenan's, uh, lady friend Mandy has the, uh, she got the it audible you know, on Audible. Uh, yes, you were talking about that when you were on the show. Forty six hours Dear long Lord, or that's something. A lot. That's a lot. <laughs> well, Woo! also I should add, if you uh, a little plug for um, Pop Adult here, um, Jim and I when we filled in because Tim got married. Congratulations to Tim on his on his wedding. Um, Mowage. Mowage. Both Jim and Keenan had this on their top five movies involving a wedding. Yeah. Which was well deserved. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a it's a great, great movie. Okay, it is now time for Game of the Week. This week's Game of the Week is to remake or not to remake that is the question and this film the princess bride has been in the news recently when somebody from a studio released the idea that there was discussion of whether they not or whether or not excuse me they should remake the princess bride thereby leading us to this week's game what are three films that should never under any circumstances ever upon penalty of death be remade are we we're not allowed to say this one well no that's the assumption answer number one this one well the assumption is that this film none of us would like to okay uh who wants to go first katie do you want to go first i'm ready okay go for it so surprise surprise to kill a mockingbird don't touch it don't touch it it's perfect don't touch it uh wizard of oz i feel like to try Good to call. remake absolutely. it absolutely like that's just, that is why that would be a dis- absolute text. disaster uh and the big lebowski uh, mm. that's good yeah. I'm very good. I don't very feel good. like you Jim, can improve on that. That would not make any money either. Also, <laughs> would make you any money. I would also though I would I bet you would make more than the original did. Maybe. Um I'm going with uh I I, I thought you can basically put all Quentin Tarantino's movies on here. Mm. Yeah. Um but I would say mm. Pulp Fiction number 1. Mm-hmm. Yep. Can't remake that. Um Jaws which yeah, is very has good. been tried to be remade in a hundred different other it's called the meg do not watch it (laughs) do do not watch the meg please do not watch the meg and And i think people like that but it do not watch it yeah and et oh another great one so i actually had two i try to do all films that we have done on Mm. the show Mm -hmm. so i definitely had big lebowski uh i definitely thought pulp fiction as well um Raiders of the Lost Ark. I am, I am, and I know that this is probably going to be a property that is rebooted in some way. I just do not think Indiana Jones is a character that should be rebooted. Mm-hmm. I, I maybe, maybe it won't. Maybe they learned with Solo, which, by the way, was not a bad movie. Jim no, and I are doing another like, one. I, oh, are they definitely? I, think th- I don't know if they definitely are, but. Recently, I, I heard they might do something for Disney yeah. Plus, um, but Raiders, I, I think that there's certain and I'm not quite sure what it is. I was trying to think about why people were so um, protective of the Princess Bride when this came up, which was the the reason we played this game. I just think that who are you going to find if you're going to remake something that can bring something new or unique or special to roles. No, and nope. I, in this movie, it's it, it, it wouldn't be there. No. In the case of the ones we saw, like The Big Lebowski, who is, how are you going to, and I think it's always usually one or two characters in particular in a film, who plays Walter? 
Do you know, that's like it. who's gonna bring something? For me, I think that that's the right that that's the argument does, is when you have an actor or an actress who has so just become that character. That's one of them. That is everyone. one of one of the points. But I think so. But to that end, right? Like they've challenged that with like the 007 series, right? Where well, you yeah. have, oh, and I mean, well, but that's true. And so now I feel like, well, no, I don't, I don't know that they challenge it because I think to me. The James Bond series is probably one, is the most overrated franchise in the history of film. If you watch those early James Bond movies, they are brutal. Oh, they are not good. They Let's are talk not about good. This. They are not good. And the uh, the only ones that I find watchable are the Daniel Craig versions. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think, and I think that's why that franchise can continually be rebooted and restarted with new ca- new people in that role is because it's not hollowed ground. It is like, mm. it's malleable to yeah, whoever it, it, yeah. the person who's going to be bond is and to whatever the, yeah, decade right. the film is set. And... for the princess bride. I don't necessarily think that it's like hollowed ground. Like I, I do think it's an, an incredibly great movie. There's just no need to remake it because you have, there's nothing about this movie that doesn't play in 2019 the same way it did. <laughs> Well, I, I agree. And it's like one of those things with we talked about they didn't have CGI and they didn't use bad CGI or whatever in this film. There's nothing they need to replace. No. So it's almost like, what, what do you go back and do? And and I I think of, I've always said this. The Mission Impossible movies are, are better than the Bond movies. But like the most recent Mission Impossible movie, Fallout, there's almost no CGI in it. So it's not like in 20 years, if somebody wants to watch it, they're going to have to be like, oh, that CGI is so bad. Like yeah. now we have these. Th- it's real. Like it, and it's the same thing. What are you going to replace about a movie? A timeless movie. The, OK, so movies in black and white. Like I know that maybe when you're younger, like I don't want to watch a movie. In black. But if you actually when you get older and start going and watching those like really good Hitchcock movies or some of the you're like. Why are you going to remake that? What am I going to get? OK, mm-hmm. you're going to put it in. A, are you going to change the time period of it? Yeah. Are you going to change? And then it gets into something weird. But this movie and all the ones we picked, I think there's no point in redoing it. Yeah. If there's nothing new that you can take from it, why do it? Other than make money, which if you're a studio, I get you go to make money. One of our listeners wants to add Casablanca, which I have to admit, I've never seen. Oh, it is on our list to watch someday. We're just waiting. We are just waiting to watch it. I'm waiting Mm. because it also checks off a AFI top 100 film for me as I still try to get through it. Well, that's good. All right. Check it off Katie's list. Okay. All right. Here we go. Five question time. You want answers? You want answers? Makes a man, Mr. Lebowski. What the fuck is the internet? Watch. Why? All right. This week's five questions will be answered by Katie. All right. Here we go, Katie. Uh, Thumbs up or thumbs down the amazing Andre the Giant is in this film. Professional wrestling. Oh, thumbs up. Absolutely. Oh, I love it. Absolutely. Thumbs I up. love it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love that, I, you know, professional wrestling. Again, it's never pretended. I mean, yeah, we can play the game to pretend that it's something that it's not. But I, it's for it's for show. It's for fun. It's, you know, it's theatrical. And I I love it. And we just ha- I think we happened to be in college during like the golden era yeah. of professional well, so, wrestling. I mean, that's interesting. We grew up, there was like a reboot, right? right? So right. like, because you know, like one of my right. earliest crutches, crushes was Hulk Hogan. Was, like, oh, I really? You could delve him. into that. I that could be a whole podcast series on its own. Hulk Hogan, big time. Yeah. Um, I was always him. a Brutus the Barber beefcake fan and oh, the Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> I like the Ultimate Warrior too. Yeah, I lo- I loved him. I loved I loved I I can't say like I didn't grow up in a wrestling household, but just like the pop cultureness of it, like yeah. I loved Hulk Hogan. Um, and then yeah, and then there was the reboot while we were in college, and it's it wasn't really a reboot. They it was still continuing on. They just got new, right? Yeah, a resurgence. They got the Rock. Let's be fair. Like they got the Rock and Stone and Stone, yeah, and Steve Austin and everything, and Chris Jericho. I mean, it's a whole subculture that I can't say that I'm like such a part of, but I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. All right, here we go. Question two. 
Uh, we posted this on our social media as well. Would you rather be a pirate or a princess? A princess. No. But people but are going to be is a shocked. <laughs> people are going to be shocked by that answer. Because uh, I am anti-princess in a lot of ways. But if I had to choose between the two, I just feel like princess is still a lot of work, but different kind of work. Not so much life-threatening. Um, okay. You know, not like, a great joy. You're not a great joy. No, like I just feel like I get we to do not. Know, so I get to inherit a lot of stuff. So I don't. I don't necessarily need to go like go out and like find it and steal it. You know, like it's just like I get to decide who I want to be, and I have the cash flow to finance it. It's What's great? Right. May never die. <laughs> Jim's going very heavy. Very heavy. Uh, on our social media poll, fifty-three percent said they'd rather be a princess. Yeah, forty-seven mm-hmm. uh, percent wanted that's to be close, a princess. Though that's close. All right. Uh, mm-hmm. Question three: If you could live in your own magical kingdom, it would be named. Mm, this is so hard. I'm just going to go with the Chamber of Secrets because I feel like we've played with that a lot. I thought you were going to go with Wineland. Wineland, <laughs> USA. Vineland. Come, Vineland, come New to, Jersey. Come to, come to uh, <laughs> Love like it. it. Yes. Love it. Beautiful. Uh, question four, favorite mm. question. Favorite fairy tale? This is a tricky one. So I feel like as a kid, I really liked Thumbelina. I liked the idea what? of okay. I know, I know. Thumbelina. I liked the like the tiny universeness of it. I liked I uh, liked but that. She I was liked... the only one that was little. Well, yeah, but she, then so she had other tiny things and then she was friends with like the little animals and I uh, liked that. As an adult okay. with yes. like the fairy tale now for my children, love the princess and the frog. That's my favorite okay. of the Disney it's a movies. Good one. Yeah, very um, good. but you know, Princess Bride is gonna be like my forever. Like I, okay. I love Are the princess. Ready? There you go. Uh, and deep thoughts question to end it here. If you could create a fairy tale movie in 2019, who would be cast as your knight, mm-hmm. your princess, mm-hmm. and your villain? Now, do they need to like have chemistry with each other? Because so this is no. Tricky I just you okay? Because I for you me, cast it. like my knight is Idris. Always. Okay. It Love, it. Love it. Love yeah. it. Go with it. Uh, my princess is Kristen Bell. I don't know if Idris and Kristen would so much have chemistry together. Well, they both though, can sing. They're yeah, both and fun. on the good place, I wasn't so sure about her chemistry with her. Cheaty? Yeah, but they work. Like we it, have to like, catch up because I know we that show is gone. Yeah, I gotta. We gotta get back in. Um, and then my my villain is Michael Shannon. Oh, he's great. Oh, he's such a good villain. I would just love to see him and Idris sitting across the table from each other. Yeah, they would be so good. Arguing about So good. I'm sorry. I feel like I end up going to the same people Just have them redo. No, that was good. Just have Idris and and Michael Shannon redo the scene from Heat where De Niro and Al Pacino sit down across the table. Awesome. Yeah. Very good. It would be fantastic. Um, So that is five questions. All right. Katie, we are going to give you something very special. It's Ooh. a new segment of this show. Ooh, what are the... you ready for this? I'm ready. You're going to have a choice. Next week on the show, we are scheduled to do a movie Katie selected. Mm-hmm. The Hours. We are going to give Katie the choice because mm-hmm. it is a Katie movie week. Mm-hmm. We can watch The Hours or we can go oh. to the fan box and randomly See, select the film. But it is up I to really, you. I really do want to watch The Hours, but I also right. want to acknowledge the fans. No, let's give the fans this one. Let's let's go to the fans. Well, go how about we fans. do? We'll pick one out, and then yep. we have to vote. Was The Hours 99? The... No, it mm, was not. 2002 or 2003. 2000... I want to say This is what we'll do. We'll pick out a fan film, and then we'll vote. You know, there's oh, three of us. I like that so, idea. so winner goes. So if okay. if two out of the three, you know, two out of the three of us want the fan one, then we'll do. Or if two out of three of us want the hours. Oh, that's good. Because we'll if it's a really shitty movie, then that's we right. Don't have to do it. That's Great. right. Good. Here we go. Can we okay. shame the person who did it? Too? Yes. yes. We absolutely can yes. shame. Okay. All right. We ready? Yeah. Okay. Ready. Here we go. Shame. Shame. <laughs> I need the bell. I have a bell. <laughs> oh, this is going to be a tough one. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. This is again majority rules. This is not electoral college. It's just <laughs> the number of people who vote. Are we watching Katie's selection, The Hours, mm-hmm. or are we watching Seven? Ooh. By my from my dad, nominated well, by 
Now, that so is. If we pick seven, does it mean we never watch the hours? Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. We, we, the hours could definitely be part. This is completely up to you. We're going to vote here. Okay. Uh, is it going to be the hours or is it going to be seven? Let's do seven. Let's do it. Let's do it. Katie wants seven. Jim, seven. what is your vote? My vote is the hours. Oh, look at you. Oh. That's so cute. That's such a good husband. So I get to decide. <laughs> you asked for this game, Brian. I know. <laughs> I know. I am going to pick the hours. <gasps> what? Twist. Yeah, you need to be confident in your film choices. I'm very yes. confident in my choices, but I also want to like honor the, the We will audience. watch seven. And, we will and... watch it. It's back in the box. That okay. was that All is right. a new feature. Right. We Each also week, probably we should have watch choice. seven and then follow it up with a Halloween movie. Halloween movie. Oh. Yeah. But we seven is still in the box, and next week What's is the, the hours. That's very What's appropriate in the that we pick in the box the movie. Remember, you could win a Princess Bride Pop. Pop for your kids, for you, for your office, for your house, to for your kitchen, they wherever literally you want to decorate. do nothing. It's awesome. They, just, they are they the they are great for everything, but they do Ev- nothing. People Although even will play with them the love it. They do. Kids will play with them. You can put it in your office. People mm-hmm. want to talk about it. They, and they will think you're cooler yep. for they are conversation pieces. It. It's true. They are cool. Uh, next week we're back with the hours. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.